It is time once again for conversations with the mayors here on 97.9 The Hill. Support for the segment comes from the Chamber for a Greater Chapel Hill Carborough, home to one of the most diverse and collaborative and fastest growing communities of business leaders in North Carolina. The Chamber is uniquely qualified to help you with the people, resources, and opportunities that you need to succeed. Learn more about membership by heading to their website, carolinachamber.org. It is not Chapel Hill Mayor Jess Anderson who's joining us today on the program, but we do have a fantastic substitute, Chris Blue town manager for the cha- for the town of Chapel Hill joining me on the phone. Welcome back to the show, Chris. How's it going? Glad to be with you and it's going really, really well. I, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you today. Absolutely. Well, anytime we have on the town manager, I feel like it's a chance to kind of catch up on some some projects or some in-between things. We do a good job of covering the weekly stuff with, with the mayors, but every now and then it's like, well, let's talk chat about some stuff that we haven't talked about in a while. One of the first things that jumps to mind for me to ask you, Chris, is just the complete communities framework. Such a big deal in 2022 as it was getting built out and then it passed at the end of 2022. It almost kind of aligned with when you were named to the town manager role first in the interim basis as well. Anyway, we've, yeah. you know, we've been talking about it a lot over the last year or so, and people have been hearing about the framework and its themes, and I think folks have an idea of generally what it's what it's shooting for, but it's also one of those things where there's not too many tangible projects yet for residents to fully understand exactly how this is going to impact the town, perhaps uh, tangible outside of how it is affecting town staff. So I just would like to start here, Chris. Can you share how Chapel Hill adopting that complete communities framework has changed how your staff are operating? Sure. And I think it's interesting to hear staff talk about complete community in the context of our our work to uh, update our land use management ordinance, particularly because they talk about, you know, when when they're talking to council about these policy decisions around the land use management ordinance or LUMO, as we call it, um, it, it's they, they frame each of those policy discussions with, you know, complete community is kind of our north star here. Let's remember as we talk about the more specific and sometimes in the weeds policy discussions that the guiding framework for all of our thoughts about how particularly around land use is our complete community strategy this idea of of a diversity of housing stock development focused along transit corridors and robust connectivity between your your um, your kind of development nodes around the community. This idea of good public spaces and open spaces that are easily connected and accessed. Ideally, the ability to move around without having to rely on a car. Uh, you know, these these are kind of the overarching concepts captured in complete community. Good, robust mixed use development and growth, and supported by strong transit modes. To your question, you know, if you think about it, those um, none of those elements of the complete community framework should sound uh, foreign to anyone who's paid attention to Chapel Hill for a long time, because those are principles that I think have been captured in how we thought of, thought about how we grow for a long, long time. It is kind of bundling them together in this umbrella of complete community as a strategy and a framework that is new. And I think it's really helpful as we move into the the, re, the rewrite of our land use management ordinance to, to have complete community as this kind of overarching guiding document and guiding um, set of principles to inform that work. So to your question is how, how staff um, integrating it, 
I think it is just kind of built into the way they're thinking about the work. Um, and we do an awful lot of callbacks to the principles of complete community when we're diving into the more specific kind of policy considerations that are built into the LUMO work. So, you know, what we've said is, uh, and you, you will increasingly see this, what we've said is complete community in LUMO, by the time we get done with the LUMO project particularly, there should be nobody in Chapel Hill who's not familiar with both of those terms, whether they want to know about them or not. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that definitely sounds about right, because I was going to say LUMO is the thing that has now taken over the conversations compared to what com- Complete Communities was. And this might be this might be either getting too granular or maybe I'm kind of barking up the wrong tree here. But I'm, I'm curious, too, with so with complete communities in mind and, and moving with that philosophy, is there any sort of example of how the current land use management ordinance or LUMO would be looked differently, would be looked at differently by town staff through the complete communities lens? I know, again, these conversations are are happening about the, the formal rewrite, but is there any one part of the current LUMO that you can point to and say, okay, yeah, that's already something that we think is going to change because we're now approaching it with this new framework? Mm. Uh, there are probably a half dozen examples that our excellent planners could rattle off the top of their head in response to that question. I'm not sure anything pops to mind for me right now, but more generally and at a higher level, what I would say is, you know, complete community being baked into our LUMO, you know, the the identified interests that are, you know, that are part of the complete community framework being baked into our LUMO should mean ultimately that there are fewer things that our council has to decide from the dais in terms of um, meeting those complete community interests. In other words, if we write LUMO in such a way that the complete community interests are captured in it, then that document is the guiding document for developers and people who want to come here and make cool projects happen. And we don't have to um, impose complete community on them in the council chamber. Rather, the concepts are baked into how our council and our community have said we want projects to look and this is the framework in which we want them to be contemplated and presented to us so i think ultimately when lumo is done we will have made complete community much more real and concrete because it'll be baked into our expectations and it won't be incumbent upon the council to have to negotiate for those those principles in the 11th hour of a project and, and, of course, I know that's council's interest, and that also helps uh, our developers be more successful because they know what the interests are and they can tackle those on the front end of the project. We're speaking with Chris Blue, who's the town manager for Chapel Hill, townofchapelhill.org, the place to go to in order to read up on complete communities and that strategy, in order to read up on LUMO and the rewrite discussions. And and uh, obviously, too, I know a lot of people get concerned about this. There is plenty of time for people to share their thoughts with town council members and the town on the LUMO rewrite. This is going to be happening all through this year. It's not just a, a kind of a one-night or one-month decision or anything along those lines. I wanted to also check in on a couple of other big visual projects that people are aware of around town, Chris, while we have you. I think one of the main ones that jumps out, of course, right downtown, the parking deck still working, uh, still getting worked on, I should say. I'm hoping that you can share kind of the latest stages of that. I know that the the crane is up and out there, and there are plenty of people kind of asking, so when when is that crane going to come down? I don't know. What's the latest update on the East Rosemary Street parking deck project? Yeah, well, I think the big takeaway is is that we are expecting to have that thing up and open and running, that deck, I should say, 
um, this summer as planned. And, of course, there have been delays along the way um, have to do with conditions at the site that were unexpected and, you know, and unknown, really, until you start digging into the ground. And there's also, much like the Estes Drive project, which is also one that's gone on a long time and been tough for folks to navigate around, um, you know, whenever you dig up a road to um, start uh, addressing utilities and all of the other supporting infrastructure that's required to build a big project like a parking deck, um, without exception, you find out where, um, where utilities are outdated and need to be brought up to code and up to standard. And so both on Estes Drive and on Rosemary Street, right next to our deck, there have been lots of examples of um, of turning over some dirt and finding out, uh-oh, this is going to take us longer than we thought to navigate this latest hiccup. So I say all that to say we are really excited. If you go by and take a look at the crane and the deck, you will see that the deck is moving along and it's starting to really look like something that we're all going to be excited about parking in uh, really soon. So hopefully by this summer, by early summer, we're hoping to have things uh, open for business and uh, the crane will have to come down, you know, a few weeks in advance of that, of course. Um, so we'll just ask folks to hang in there with us. We know it's an inconvenience, but taking the long view, having this deck available um, to our downtown businesses and visitors to downtown and folks coming for football games and campus-related events, this is going to be a game-changer, and we're, we're very, very excited about it. Yeah, I think that's going to be, uh, obviously, the use of the deck is going to be the biggest thing, too, but I also think that the improvements coming to North Street and kind of turning that into a true intersection and a way for people to get in and out of the parking deck, too, is going to make a big difference. I know that project is going on right now and will be for the next few months. Yeah, that's right, and I appreciate you mentioning that because, uh, you know, we, what we're imagining is um, if you come out of the deck on the North Street side, we want you to be able to head out to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and be able to navigate that intersection, which which right now is pretty tricky. Uh, instead, to be able to navigate it safely and efficiently and keep traffic coming out of the deck smoothly so the deck is operating at its peak, uh, at its peak efficiency and so that we're sending cars uh, out to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard after they leave the deck and not through the neighborhoods because, you know, the neighborhoods down on North Street and Henderson Street and um, uh, and down there at Cobb Terrace um, have also, you know, borne the brunt of, of the um, detours around the 100 block of East Rosemary Street while the crane is up. So, uh, number one, I'm looking forward to getting the intersection work done because it is going to help that deck work more effectively, which will be helpful to the neighbors close by. And it will also make that intersection so much safer, not just for motorists, but for folks who are biking and walking along Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. That's a tough spot to navigate right now. So we're excited about that project. And again, it's yet another one that I know is a source of frustration for folks in the short run. But man, the uh, the experience for everyone moving through the area, no matter what the mode, is going to be dramatically enhanced. Now, you mentioned Estes Drive earlier, too. I think that's the other one that I, a lot of residents are thinking about these days in terms of long and not really knowing when it's going to wrap up. And I know there have been tons of delays there. So I won't ask, hey, when do you think it's going to get done, since I know that there's a lot still uh, that, that needs to get figured out. Instead, I want to ask, can you share some of the big hurdles in terms of what is left to do? I think that is also one of those things where if you're driving by, you might not be able to see and understand what's going on because it looks like they're tearing up even more of the road every time you drive by. But what are some of the kind of big hurdles still in that project, which exactly what you said for North Street, too, will eventually make it better for pedestrians and uh, people who are not using cars. 
Well, I think what I would say is I think if you were going to point to a project that had, you know, the maximum number of involved stakeholders, um, you couldn't point to something where that was more true than on that's just right. <laughs> utilities that run up and down uh, underneath that roadway, and it seems like every single one of them has been disrupted, disturbed, uh, discovered to, to, that needed an update while it was exposed. So, you know, what you find out sometimes when you start turning dirt over is this project is going to take a lot longer than you thought. And that is absolutely the case with the Estes Drive project. So as you mentioned, uh, it is starting to take shape. No, In fact, it's well along the way. We hope to be done this summer with that one too. Uh, and maybe even a little before then, but I don't want to get out ahead of my skis, as they say. Uh, we're, we're feeling pretty good about that project after some pretty significant delays, almost all of those related to things that we learn once you dig the road up. Um, and you want to do it right. When you get in there and you find out there's a problem with this utility or this piece of infrastructure, you want to do it right. Now, that's an investment on the future um, and hopefully minimizes the number of times that we'll need to dig it back up going forward. So, you know, these delays have been frustrating for sure, but they've also been necessary to getting a quality project. As you mentioned, the road paving um, is something that uh, is really one of the next key steps. And I just drove down uh, Estes Drive this morning and saw an awful lot of asphalt turned over. So there's a lot of work still to be done out there. But they believe it or not, uh, they are getting into the short rows now, and we're really excited about getting it open. And, and um, that, you know, folks in the neighborhoods on either side of Estes Drive, we know how frustrating this has been for them. We've gotten uh, so many folks have said, I can't get deliveries to my door. People don't know how to get here. A company coming over, and they're concerned about detours. We get it, and we cannot imagine how frustrating that must be. And the end is near. And, and once, once done, that's going to be a much safer corridor for people to use. Traffic flow is going to be enhanced. Uh, folks on bikes and pushing strollers and walking their dogs and jogging are going to be in a location that's going to be much safer for them and also much more efficient for traffic flow. Well, you mentioned so many stakeholders involved in that. I think everybody is going to be thrilled when it's done, and uh, I think everybody's just excited to see what that final product looks like. We have just a, a few moments left with Town Manager for Chapel Hill, Chris Blue. Any closing thoughts you'd like to share with listeners, Chris? Well, uh, you know, just kind of stepping back, I will say we appreciate everyone's um patience with how much stuff is going on in the community right now. We've had to close a little bit of North Columbia Street because of the project at Fire Station Number 1 right next to Town Hall. Right across the street, there's the work going on at uh, North Street and Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, and one block away is the the closure of the 100 block of East Rosemary for the parking deck. And, you know, you go about a, a mile and a half north, and you're up at Estes Drive. So it's hard to get away from these projects, and that's not lost on us. On the other hand, taking the long view, these are all things that are going to help our community be uh, more accessible for everyone, safer for everyone. And so we thank folks for their patience and uh, know that at least with respect to those projects, the end is in sight and, and we're just as excited as you are. Well, we thank you for taking the time to chat with us today on Conversations with the Mayors. Again, townofchapelhill.org, the town website to go to to see all the different things that his town staff are working on. Town Manager Chris Blue, thank you as always for the time. Thanks, Brian. Good to be with you.